Hi there, and welcome to Here's a Thought, the blogcast for people who overthink. I'm your host, Jan M. Flynn, a writer and a confirmed overthinker. So if you too occasionally get snarled in your own thoughts, I feel you. Sometimes all you really need is a brief break from those voices in your head. So once a week, I invite you to take a recess by listening to the ones in mine. If you're new to the show, big, huge, enthusiastic welcome. And if you've listened before, samesies. And if you have, you know that I'm always eager for listener input. If you have feedback or comments or suggestions for a topic you'd like to have overthought in an upcoming episode, by all means, reach out to me. You can email me at heresathought8 at gmail.com, contact me via my website at janmflynn.net, or DM me on Twitter at janmflynnauthor, and you'll find those links in the episode notes. Now, I really want to thank one of our listeners, Catherine, for suggesting the topic that this episode focuses on, and it's a biggie, narcissism. There's been a lot of talk about narcissism out there in the zeitgeist lately, for good reason. Sometimes it seems like we're kind of surrounded by it, although as a disorder, it's supposed to be rare. But wow, if you pay any attention to the news or to politics, it does seem like those overbearing, overdominating personalities who don't show much empathy or concern about listening to other people are kind of everywhere and often in positions of power that maybe they're not handling as well as they should. But as Catherine wanted to know, is narcissism really just a personality trait or is it a mental illness? Well, we'll be talking a little bit more about that. But I do want to start with a disclaimer. I am not a professional in this arena. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. And I'm certainly not an expert. All I hope to do here is to explore the topic from a layman's perspective and from my own experience. If you suspect you may be in a relationship with someone who has narcissistic personality disorder, or if you are experiencing or have experienced any form of abuse in a close relationship, physical, sexual, emotional, verbal, then you deserve qualified help. If you're feeling unsafe in your relationship, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-SAFE or 1-800-7233 or text START in all caps to 88788. There's also a list of resources in the show notes. Please take your own concerns seriously. Take care of yourself and get help now. It's the most responsible thing you can do for yourself and for others. In Greek mythology, Narcissus was a young hunter who was so beautiful that when he saw his own reflection in a quiet woodland pool, couldn't tear himself away. Caught, he stayed there, gazing at himself in love with his own image, he paid zero attention to a woodland nymph named Echo, who'd fallen in love with him and who could only stand by watching as he just stared into the pool. Poor Echo was so consumed by her hopeless, unrequited love that she dwindled away into nothing but a dim voice that repeated what other people said. And Narcissus? Well, we know what happened to him. He couldn't stop staring at himself until he too eventually wasted away and died. A flower bearing his name grew at the edge of the pool. Narcissus's story is a cautionary tale, and the name Narcissus 
is now synonymous with obsessive, overblown self-regard. So is narcissism a personality trait or a personality disorder? Well, narcissism exists on a spectrum, and all of us have some narcissistic tendencies. And certainly, just about every normal two-year-old who's ever happily chewed on a cookie that they've just stolen from the other two-year-old right next to them, the one who's now having a meltdown, which doesn't bother the kid with the cookie one bit, because he's two, and he hasn't really developed empathy yet, which is a characteristic of a true narcissist. Luckily, most of us grow out of that. And just because someone has a big personality, or is loud, or likes the spotlight, doesn't mean they're a narcissist. By narcissist, I'm really referring to someone who a clinician would probably identify as having NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder, which is tricky because it's not like there's a blood test or an MRI or anything to detect narcissism. Estimates vary as to how many people are affected with NPD. Some say 1% of the population, some say 5 or 6%, but again, it's hard to say. There are diagnostic questionnaires that clinicians can use to diagnose narcissistic personality disorder, but a true narcissist is probably unlikely to want to submit to any of them, any more than they're likely to seek treatment. Because as far as a narcissist is concerned, there's nothing wrong with them, and if there is a problem, it's not their fault. So according to the DSM-5, or the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, there are nine criteria for NPD, but an individual only needs to exhibit five or more of them to be classified as having NPD. And those characteristics are grandiose sense of self-importance, a preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success or power or brilliance or beauty or ideal love, a belief that they're special and unique and can only be understood by or should be with other special or high-status people, a need for excessive admiration, a sense of entitlement, interpersonally exploitative behavior, a lack of empathy, envy of others, or a belief that others envy them, and arrogant and haughty behaviors or attitudes. Remember, a person doesn't have to exhibit all nine characteristics to be a narcissist. So, if somebody in your life shows five or more attributes like that, you may be dealing with a narcissist. And if so, you're better off knowing it. Because as crazy-making as their behavior is, narcissists are genius at convincing you that you are the problem. If you're in any kind of a relationship with a true narcissist, it's likely that it began with them being extremely charming and charismatic making you feel special, and maybe as though you're the only one who truly gets them. If you're in a romantic relationship with them, they may shower you with attention and lavish gifts, a practice called love bombing. But once a narcissist has you fully reeled in, things change. No matter how much love or attention or affirmation you try to offer them, it's not enough. At some point, they switch from adoration to hyper-criticism, making you feel like nothing you do is right, and undermining, making you feel like you're somehow fundamentally flawed, you're not good enough, and that even when you try harder and harder, you just keep letting them down. 
and these behaviors can cycle back and forth, giving you the emotional equivalent of whiplash. And once the narcissist has gotten what they want from you, they may just discard you. But that doesn't let you off the hook. They still feel just as entitled to you and your energy, and may randomly pop back into your life whenever they feel the need. After all, they've already got you primed to play according to their script. And while you may want to do and benefit from some soul-searching about what drew you into this relationship, if you're being subjected to narcissistic manipulation or abuse, it's not because of something you did wrong. No matter how adept your narcissistic boss or lover or parent is at convincing you otherwise, a narcissist has a well-honed sense of how to keep you off balance and of how to turn your compassion or caring or empathy against you. A narcissist demands perfection of you, not themselves. Any normal human mistakes you've made in your relationship with them, any falling short of their impossible one-way standards, will never really be forgiven, no matter what the narcissist claims. They keep your shortcomings like arrows in their quiver, ones they can always use to shoot you down. Narcissists don't respect other people's boundaries. They don't even see them. They'll perceive your attempts to set reasonable limits for them as everything from a challenge to an existential threat, and the word no is like kryptonite to them. Their response might range from ignoring or discounting all the way up to rage and even violence. I recently read a fascinating memoir by Ingrid Clayton, a clinical psychologist. The title is Believing Me, Healing from Narcissistic Abuse and Complex Trauma. The author talks about how it took her, and she was a professional therapist, decades to understand that she really was someone who had experienced complex trauma at the hands of a narcissist who had been her stepfather, and how long it took her to understand that what she had been perceiving was actually real, because she'd been told for so long that it was her who was the problem. I'll put a link to that book in the show notes, and I do recommend it if this is a topic that really interests you. Narcissistic abuse is insidious, especially as the narcissist is so good at employing it only once they've got you where they want you, which is believing that you matter to them and meanwhile doubting yourself, maybe to the point where you're convinced you can't function without them. Even more complicated, there are different types of narcissism. Depending on what sources you consult, there are up to eight distinct types— but most sources agree that there are two main categories. The first one is the one we think of most, grandiose narcissism. These are the type who are charming, at first anyway, apparently full of self-esteem, and who love to bask in praise and acclaim. They love being in charge, as long as they don't have to take responsibility for any negative results. They may convince you that you are one of the few special people who really understand just how special they are and that they need you. Until they don't. The other main type is less easy to spot, the vulnerable or covert narcissist. A vulnerable narcissist may seem to be introverted and may in fact feel isolated and victimized, even paranoid, believing the world is against them. Their sense of self may be just as overblown and exaggerated as the grandiose narcissist, but it's turned inwards. They may convince you that you're the only one who understands them and can save them. 
you won't be able to. And of course, some narcissists cycle back and forth between those two polarities. If you have a narcissist in your life, and looking back, I'm confident that my father was pretty far along that narcissistic spectrum. My mother, my sisters, and I all learned how to dance on eggshells whenever he was around. But what might seem the least obvious and hardest thing to understand about such people is that their destructive behavior is actually coming from massive insecurity. Insecurity that is so threatening that they deeply repress it. As a general rule, they're full of anxiety, which they project onto you. You're the one who is negative, undermining, selfish, or crazy. And the worse they can make you feel about that, the more relief they feel. Since narcissists typically see themselves, on a conscious level, as always being right, they don't tend to feel much guilt, including about how much damage they're doing to you. But they are desperate to hide, from themselves as well as you and others, the deep internal shame that they harbor. So, expecting a narcissist to be honest, transparent, and accountable in a relationship is like expecting a cat to eat hay. And again, I am speaking here of people who truly have narcissistic personality disorder, not just people who have a few narcissistic tendencies. But for those who really are NPD types, where does all this dysfunction come from? How does a narcissist get to be that way? As with so much else when it comes to psychology and human nature, nobody knows for sure. According to the Cleveland Clinic, narcissistic personality disorder may have at its roots one or a combination of the following. Childhood trauma, which could be physical, sexual, verbal, emotional, or some combination. Unhealthy or dysfunctional early relationships with important figures. Genetics or family history. Interestingly, a childhood hypersensitivity to textures, noises, or bright light, and personality and temperament. It's important to point out that people with NPD are not mustache-twirling cartoon villains. Narcissism is a mental health condition driven, as mentioned, by deep-seated insecurity and often resting on a foundation of past trauma. So, it's appropriate and can be helpful to regard the narcissist in your life with compassion rather than judgment. But, not at the expense of your own well-being, recognizing damaging or unacceptable behavior for what it is and refusing to put up with it is not the same as being unkind or harshly judgmental, and it doesn't make you a traitor. So, if you do have a narcissist in your life, what to do? Well, there is only one recognized treatment for narcissism that I came across, which is long-term talk therapy sometimes combined with medication for anxiety and depression. Again, given the typical position of a narcissist that whatever problems exist cannot be their fault, generally speaking, these are not people who are inclined to line up for therapy. What every source I checked says is crucial is to set clear, unambiguous boundaries for your narcissist boss or spouse or sibling or partner and then maintain them without apology or continued explanation or defense. So much easier said than done, especially since a common feature of narcissists is that they don't even perceive boundaries unless they're their own. Like two-year-olds, they have no clear sense of where they end and you begin, and they tend to believe everybody else thinks the same way they do. 
and wants the same things they do. And like two-year-olds, they can only handle the word no when they're the ones using it. This is just as true in the boardroom as it is in the bedroom. Offering reasoning, reassurance, loving affirmation to a narcissist while also trying to set boundaries for them, you know, like you would with someone else, is unlikely to work and may backfire. A confirmed narcissist doesn't really see you as a distinct person with your own wants and needs and purpose in the world beyond what they want you for. To them, you're a supporting character in the story they're telling themselves about themselves. So, clearly stating what you will not accept, without apology or discussion, is key. Expect to be challenged, but don't make an ultimatum unless you're willing to go through with it. If you let your bullying, narcissistic boss know that the next time he yells at you in a meeting, you're going to walk out and hand in your resignation, be prepared to do just that. Because if you don't, the situation is only likely to deteriorate further. If you're in a romantic relationship or are married to a narcissist, this gets even harder. If you're thinking of ending the relationship, and I'm in no position to counsel you whether to stay or go, that's a decision you have to make for yourself. Don't expect it to be easy or straightforward. I highly recommend reading an article by Perpetua Neo, a doctor of clinical psychology, writing for the MBG Relationships website. Her article is called Breaking Up with a Narcissist, How to Do It and What to Expect, and I'll include a link to it in the show notes. For instance, Dr. Neo advises, if you're trying to get them to understand or get it or take accountability, forget it. And when, in the midst of all the crazy-making behavior they lob at you while quite possibly working to separate you from any outside support system like your friends or family, you hear that inner voice of clarity that tells you, this is wrong, I have to get away from this. Hold on to that. That moment of clarity can be your lifeline. Maybe literally. One of the primary weapons in many narcissists' arsenal is gaslighting making you doubt your own perceptions, your own discernment, your own reality. If you've become immobilized by self-doubt while in this relationship, understand that you may well have been subject to gaslighting, and that it is a form of abuse, and there is never a justification for abuse. Dr. Neo also points out that there is never going to be a perfect time, or even a right time, to leave. If you're in a situation like that, keep in mind that one of the narcissist's goals is to demand perfection of you and blame you for your imperfections. Remember, you are not required to be perfect to deserve decent, respectful treatment and to feel safe. Again, don't go through this alone. Get help, especially if you feel at all concerned for your safety or your children's safety or even your pet's safety. It takes real courage to leave and it takes support but it can be the one thing that breaks the cycle of continuing or generational narcissism and abuse. If the person you're with is in fact willing to go to counseling with you and really does want to help work on it with you, there really can be hope. But make sure that you are putting yourself first because you deserve to and that you are setting clear boundaries and sticking to them. And any therapist should help you do that. You don't have to be in fear of your life to feel unsafe. And remember, you can call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-SAFE or text START in all caps to 88788. 
If you're interested in learning more about narcissism, check the show notes for some resources to get you started. And again, I am not a therapist or a psychologist or a professional clinician. And if you think narcissism has impacted or is impacting your life, I urge you to consult one. Remember the cautionary tale, not just of Narcissus, but of the nymph Echo, stuck there with him, unable to reach or help him no matter how much she loved him, until that toxic relationship whittled her away into nothing more than a voice who could only repeat the words of others, words that weren't even her own. We all deserve better than that. Thanks for listening to this episode of Here's a Thought with Jan M. Flynn. If you find this show worthwhile, I hope you'll subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And please help build our audience by sharing the show with your friends and taking a moment to leave a nice review or a star rating. And please check the episode notes for source links and citations and for easy ways to reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. Until next time, may you be surrounded by people who appreciate you in all your human, imperfect glory. May your significant relationships be healthy and bring you joy. And may all your thoughts be good ones.